guys looking at me like that? <laughs> I, you're doing great, Mike. No. Let's keep it, let's keep keep, it going. Keep going. <laughs> I just want to make sure I didn't miss something here. As we gather this afternoon, Medicare is under threat like never before. You know that. Medicare Advantage is huge. It's expanding. You're seeing 1,200 more choices on Medicare Advantage this year alone. 70% of Americans take at least one prescription drug. More than half of us take two. Researchers say a record 4 billion prescriptions were written in 2011. Welcome to Retiring Today, the podcast that guides you to and through retirement. I'm your host, Molly Nelson. I'm joined by producer extraordinaire, Rochelle Smith. I always try to think of something fun to say about you guys when I introduce you. And I promise you on my drive here today, I was going through this and I've said fun things about you. What's another fun thing, Rochelle? I have no idea. Oh, man. Okay. (laughs) Well, I know that she likes Starbucks. I know she's a cat mom. And I know that she's an amazing gamer. Yep. When it comes to games, she's an amazing gamer. We've also got Lauren Merkel. I know he's a certified financial planner. I know that he likes to throw axes. Not at people, but at targets. Targets. He's pretty good at it, too, from what I hear. And I also know he's father to the amazing Jace. One of his favorite. His favorite title, actually. I know that's his favorite title. Just don't call her baby Jace. I won't call her baby Jace. I like to call her amazing Jace. Everybody used to call her baby Jace. In fact, her mom just texted me on my phone, called her baby Jace. Her text response back was, Mommy, do not call me baby. (laughs) Do not call me baby Jace. Now that she's what seven, eight, she's seven. Yeah, she's she's not a baby anymore. That's why she keeps telling she's everybody. <laughs> Nobody believes her. But. <laughs> and then we have a special guest with us today. She's not really a guest. She's a part of the Merkel Retirement Planning family. Her name is Anna Marie Morrow, and I have so many titles for her as well. But the the important one for today's show is healthcare specialist and director of client experience. And you know what? She is the bubble, the bubbly, smiley, personality filled, (laughs) kind voice that you can't miss. You can hear from anywhere in the building. Anna Marie Morrow, we are so happy to have you with us. Thank you, Molly. (laughs) Pleasure to be here today. (laughs) Great answer. So Medicare, we're going to talk to Anna Marie about some of these Medicare changes. We're going to try to break it down for you. You know, I looked at, I was doing a little research myself and one of the first headlines that came up for today's show was confusion prevails on 2020 Medicare supplement plan changes. And I thought, you know what? I think I'll stay confused heading into today's podcast because I know between Lauren and Anna Marie, I will not be confused when I walk out of this booth, right? That's right. That's this, right. This okay. is the room of enlightenment. Right <laughs> Medicare enlightenment. I am ready to be enlightened, as I hope our listeners are as well, because Medicare, Lauren, that Medicare number, that 65 age, that time when I qualify for Medicare, you talk to families and individuals every day about how important that is because so many people wait until they're Medicare eligible to retire. The conversations that we have every single day are all around when can I retire? When can I retire and be be fine financially for the rest of my life? And one of the biggest risks of people being financially fine right now for the rest of their life is healthcare. It's the cost of healthcare. It said that after 65, people will spend $280,000 over the course of their retirement on healthcare. And this is why now more than ever, people are waiting until 65 to retire because the healthcare cost in this, in this world right now are just astronomical. I mean, people are, are paying $2,000, $2,500 a month for regular healthcare coverage, which makes 65 really appealing because at 65, now people are eligible for Medicare. 
And somewhere around age 64, maybe age 64 and a half is when they start to get bombarded in the mail, phone calls, emails, you name it, with all of these Medicare options. And it is a very daunting task for them to sort through what does all of this noise mean, how does it apply to them, and which options are the best for them as they go to and through retirement because Medicare changes. And we're going to cover some of those changes today and their options and what they can do with Medicare will change as they go as well. And before we get into the weeds on the changes, you know, high level, do you feel like these changes and when they happen can change when people retire? I mean, are they enough to sort of make people think twice or are they just more like paperwork you have to navigate and, and things you have to, to work into your budget a little bit differently when you think about retirement? Once people retire, the changes that take place in Medicare usually are not going to make them come out of retirement or second make them second guess their decision. The changes that happen with Medicare prior to their retirement generally will not do that as well. So usually they're smaller changes. It, it will increase the amount of premiums for their Medicare Part B. It might uh, change the coverage amount. They might have additional coverage options, which we'll talk about a little bit today as well. But it's generally not going to uh, make them second guess their decision around retirement. And the biggest, most important thing is you're going to retire and you're going to need some kind of a medical coverage. But the important takeaway is to plan for it. Well, you have to incorporate it within the planning. $280,000, that's a big cost. And, and the national study says that the average retiree has $75,000 saved for retirement. So the, the gap is, is a, it's a big, big gap and a big hurdle to overcome. And the planning is what helps alleviate that hurdle for many retirees. Okay, so before we talk to Anne-Marie Morrow, our specialist, our Medicare specialist, about the changes and what they mean for you, there's some things happening in the news that we want to make sure that, that we're covering as well that kind of talk about this health care costs and, and, and how to pay for all of this. So when it comes to prescription medications, Lauren, uh, people have to make decisions, and we've heard people make decisions about... Why are you guys looking at me like that? <laughs> I, you're doing great, Mike. No. Let's keep it, let's keep, keep it going. Keep going. I just want to make sure I didn't miss something here. Let's talk about drugs. <laughs> Seriously. Drugs. You know, the kind you get from the pharmacy. Expensive, right? So another thing that has to be worked into the plan are drugs, but I think the decision people have to make is generic versus branded. What conversations are people having around that, Lauren? Part of what we talk about all the time as a, as a part of retirement planning is to keep costs low, keep your fees low, whether we're talking about investment fees or we're talking about your healthcare fees. We, we want to know what we pay for. And there's two industries where it's very hard for us as consumers to determine what it is we're paying for what it is that we're receiving. One is in the investment world with investment fees. We talk about that all the time. The second one is more applicable to today's conversation, which is our drug costs or our healthcare costs. What else, what else do we purchase that we have very little transparency on what it is that we pay? And this is part of the problem with the drug costs. This is part of the problem with, with health care costs is there's very little transparency on what it is we actually pay for what it is that we receive. And this is what this, this is what the article is talking about is the pricing tactics as far as generic drugs versus the, the branded drugs and the uptake on, on the Medicare from the Medicare side of receipt of, of allowing these generic drugs into the marketplace is much slower than if we're looking at the employer plans or the open market plans. So the accessibility of the generic drugs is one issue. 
but then also the transparency of the kickbacks around the branded drugs and the cost, the cost comparisons versus the employer plan versus the Medicare drugs as well. So the, the cost issue is a big issue. If you're, if you're on a Medicare plan and your options are a generic drug or a branded drug and the costs are virtually the same, most people are going to go the branded drug. In the employer plan market, you the co-pays that you pay versus the branded drugs and the generic drugs, usually you're going to pay a lot less for the gener- generic drug. And that's part of the reason why you see a lot more usage of the gener- generic drug in the in the employer plan market or the open healthcare market as opposed to the, the Medicare market. Okay, so now on to Medicare. We're going to talk about some of the changes that are happening in 2020. First, just a breakdown of the numbers. So the standard monthly premium will be $144 for 2020, which is $9 more than the 135 in 2019. The annual deductible for Part B will go to 198. That's up $13, and about 7% of beneficiaries will pay extra for income-related adjustment amounts. Lauren, you've been helping people retire for over 20 years. Is this more or less about on par with some of the changes we've seen in Medicare over over the history of of the program? Yeah, those changes are pretty on par with what we see historically. But here here's the thing is that that's what you just said there. You said the standard price for Part B is 135 and it's increasing to 144. Now, we had some families come in here last year and they were surprised to see that they were actually paying over $400 a month a piece for Part B. So I want to clarify the standard price versus what you may pay because the price that you pay is going to be dependent upon your income over the last two years. So if your income range historically was below 170000 then you would pay $135 a month for Medicare Part B. But it's possible that you could actually pay over $400 a month because your income was higher over the last two years. And Anna Marie should probably walk us through what that means from an income standpoint versus a price standpoint. But I, I just wanted to clarify, 135 is for a lot of people, but there's many people that are going to pay much more. Right, because they're finally adjusting for inflation, some of this stuff. Is that right, Anna Marie? Yes, that's okay. correct. Okay, maybe before we get into pricing and some of those changes, it might be helpful to walk through Medicare Part A and Part B, which those have been around for a while. But once we get to the letters that are lower <laughs> than those, there's some switches and some additions. So, mm-hmm. Anne Marie, maybe just first take us through uh, Part A, what it is and, and what it means. Yeah, sure. So, Medicare Part A basically just covers anything in relation to a hospital stay. So, any drugs you're given in the hospital, um, any hospice care, uh, and blood transfusions. Um, but I feel like it's important to address this because not many people are aware of this. If you, you know, you have Medicare, you go to the hospital, you're given drugs relating to why you're in the hospital that day. Well, let's say that you have a prescription at home that you just take on a regular basis, but you left it at home. If you ask for that drug while in the hospital, it's not relating to your stay, you will be charged for it down the line. So I really like to asterisk that, uh, underlying mark of what is included in your hospital stay with regards to so that's a good tip so if you are going to the hospital which sometimes obviously we don't get time to plan Mm -hmm. the best thing to do then is to take your prescription drugs along with you because that would be a cost-saving tip 
Correct. Okay. Yes. Yes. Good one. Yeah. So then, and then with part B, um, basically it's anything relating to doctor appointments, outpatient care, occupational, physical therapies. Um, it's important to note also that with original, uh, part A and part B, it does not cover things like vision, dental, um, dentures, hearing aids, or healthcare outside of the United States. So there are these gaps that we need to fill within part A and part B, which is where the other letters come into play are also uh, supplement advantage plans, things like that. And am I paying A and B based on my income or just B? So there are different factors that come into play. There is a part A uh, deductible and premium, but if you've worked 10 years uh, with work history, that's covered. So you really don't need to worry about that. Um, Or if your spouse has as well. Um, Part B, there is a premium and a deductible. So, and that ties into what we call the Cadillac of plans was plan F. So that's one of the Medigap coverages that people looked at. Uh, part F covered the Part B deductible. So anyway, so you have the uh, Part B premium, which you're uh, not responsible for, and then the Part B deductible, which Plan F covered, which is moving up to 198. Well, Plan F, as of January 1, this is one of the big changes, is no longer available to new enrollees. So everything is moving to Plan G. So if you have F, you can stay with it. Correct. You're grandfathered in. If you're just getting in at 65, Mm -hmm. no F. Correct. Correct. So you will be responsible for the deductible for Part B, which is 198 starting January 1, 2020. So you answer questions, Anna-Marie, every day here at Merkle Retirement Planning about this. Our clients, our individuals, our families, they call in. They want to talk to you. Take us through the top two or three questions that you're getting and how you're answering them. People come in assuming that their Part B premiums are going to be around this 135.50 as of 2019. Um, and that basic assumption, that's probably the biggest shocker is when we sit down, we go over what their income looked like two years previously, because that's one of the questions, obviously, and then that dictates what their premium is going to be. And there is a look of just sticker shock that comes across their face when they are faced with this premium of, you know, over $400. Um based on their, what their income was two years ago. And is that because let's say they're newly retired, they, they didn't realize it was a look back by the IRS. And so they were in those higher wage earning years. And so then they have to pay more. Yes. Yeah. So there is definitely some strategy that you want to look at when you start planning for retirement, when you want to, when you know, when you want to elect or turn on part A or part B a few years down the road, you really want to look at what sort of conversions you're doing or what you're claiming as income and start thinking ahead for planning. Okay. You mentioned earlier Medigap. What Mm -hmm. is Medigap? Sure. So Medigap are those letters that you hear about, you know, plan N, plan F, plan G, it goes by state, um, that fill in what Medicare part A and part B don't cover. Okay. So that's Medigap. And then that's different from Advantage plans, which also fill in those gaps for original Medicare. Do you need both? No, you can't have both. Um, It's either Medigap or Medicare Advantage. So yeah, those different supplement plans, it's definitely something you want to take a look at. It's a very individual basis Mm. based on your health, also your comfort level, what you're comfortable paying for or what you're comfortable that you might have to pay for in the future. So there's definitely a strategy when looking at what type of plan you want to be on. So Lauren, Anna Marie mentioned that sort of sticker shock when people realize, oh, they're going to look back two years ago, see what I made and then set my pricing. I think that that is a uh, advertisement or, or a, I, I'm not sure what the word I'm looking for. It's like a red flag for 
you can't just start thinking about retirement on the day you start retiring. I mean, this is something you need to start looking at, what, five to 10 years out, because there are things you can do right now if you're not retired to sort of alleviate some of these uh, burdens later on. Yeah, this is just one additional reason of why you want to start planning as soon as possible. The earlier you start planning, the less surprises you have. And surprises are good around your birthday. Surprises (laughs) are good around Christmas. But when it comes to your retirement and the amount that you're going to pay for things like health care, it is not a good thing, which is why we encourage planning as soon as you you can. Okay, Anna-Marie, so we're talking about some of the common questions you're getting here at Merkle Retirement Planning. The the, the the shock that people are getting is one of them. What else? So I think another thing uh, to note, maybe Lauren, you'd like to talk in on this as well, is a lot of misconceptions when people are getting inundated by all this mail when they're 64, 64 and a half, is this you know, overwhelming threat of you have to turn on part A and part B when you turn 65. Um, common misconception is if you are on an employer group health plan and you are making contributions to a health savings account, you do not need to turn on part A because the second you turn on part A, your contributions stop and any contributions you made six months previous are no longer qualified. So, but if you're not making HSA contributions and you are on an employer group plan, then go ahead, turn on part A. There's not going to be any consequences that way. But if you're making HSA contributions, I think that's another thing you definitely want to take a look at because there is no penalty if you don't turn on part A when you turn 65. And are people feeling the pressure to turn on A because the because who, who's who's this propaganda, for lack of a better term, coming from? Who's sending it? The government or, or private <laughs> so, entities? So I've heard a couple things. I've heard threats. <laughs> and I've heard propaganda. Okay, We're well, talking that was a little bit of a harsh word. I was trying to go softer, but nothing came. Now, the, the, the real-world situation is that um, around 64, people start getting all of this literature. I mean, postcards in the mail, emails, phone calls, and it all seems like you have to turn Medicare A on at 65. And what Anna Maria was saying is that you, in reality, you may not have to. If you have a qualified health care plan and you have an HSA, that is one of the exceptions why you would not want to take your Medicare Part A at age 65 because then you no longer can contribute to the HSA. As we've talked before in these podcasts, the HSA is one of the most favorable tax, tax-favored tax accounts because the, you get the contributions going tax-free, and then it also grows tax-free as long as you take it out and use it for qualified health care expenses. So if you have an HSA and you're contributing to it, that's probably a really powerful tool for you to use. But if you sign up for Medicare A, that tool is gone. What about... If you're leaving employment at 65, at or around 65, is there ever a, a, a time that you want to stay on your employer plan? And maybe can you use COBRA once you've turned 65? Once you turn 65, you you retire, then you will go on Medicare A okay. and Medicare B. You can't stay on your employer's you, plan. You're going you're gonna to need to switch over to the Medicare plans. I was thinking that might be a better option for some people, but I guess you can't do that. No, you're going to want to switch over, and you have a seven-month period to switch over. You have three months prior to 65, you have your full calendar month of your birthday, and then you have three full months after you obtain age 65. So you have seven months to do it. If you don't enroll during that initial enrollment period, then you're going to have a 10% penalty for every year, every 12-month time frame that you don't enroll, and it's a lifetime penalty. So that is one thing you do not want to miss. See, he used a doom and gloom term too. <laughs> Threats, <laughs> propaganda, penalties. Boom. It's reality. Well, yeah, it's 
spreads propaganda. can be threatening. <laughs> reality is very threatening. But what Those is flyers exciting. in the mail are not threatening. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Propaganda, maybe. I don't know. Amidst all this doom and gloom, though, there is exciting news when now that people are actually looking forward to turning age 63 and a half. Yes. Do tell. What happens at 63 and a half? On the edge of my seat. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, nowadays we have pre-retirees looking forward to that age because on an employer group sponsored plan, they have the option for COBRA at that point. See, I knew COBRA was going to yeah, come into Cobra this Cobra conversation. Does All right. Play, okay. And it's very exciting. So COBRA lasts up to 18 months, which after 63 and a half, you then turn 65, 18 months later. And so that's a way for people who want to retire early to be able to afford Healthcare, because you guys find that sometimes everything else is looking good financially. The financial health is kind of in order, but that that one missing piece is the Medicare. I mean, do a lot of people do that at seventy three and a half? Sixty three and a half. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a great option. Ne never before have we had so many people retire at sixty three and a half, and sometimes it's because they can't afford the healthcare coverage in the open market, and a lot of times it's because they don't want to afford two thousand twenty five hundred dollars a month. And they say, versus retiring at 62, let's wait another year and a half and we can save all of this premium. It's worth it. So we're talking about a lot of things that I feel like on a case-by-case -case basis change, your your premium, your which um, gap plan you elect. I think it also makes the case for an individualized retirement plan because what you're saying doesn't fit for everyone. So Lauren, talk about why on the team here at Merkel Retirement Planning, it's so important for us to have a Medicare specialist because I don't think every every firm has somebody like that on their team. Why do you choose to have to do that here? Well, there's not there's not one person that can know everything or be the best at everything, and we don't pretend to be like that as well. If if you need cardiac surgery, you're going to a cardiologist, and that cardiologist is going to have a whole team of specialists around him or her. And it's the same here is, is when, when you need something as specialized as how are you going to make it over the next 30 years and avoid as many obstacles and enjoy your time as much as you possibly can, that takes a lot of effort. That takes a lot of planning. It takes a lot of knowledge. It takes a lot of skill. And it takes a lot of time to keep up, keep up with all of these legislative changes and lifestyle changes that you will naturally uh, incur over the next 20 to 30 years of your life. And again, not one person, not a few people can do that. That's why it takes a team of people, uh, a, a team of experts to make sure that we can assimilate all of this knowledge and apply it in a planning method that's most meaningful to you as you go to and through retirement. Because I suspect maybe what happens, and I don't, I don't want to talk about other firms and what they're doing, because I don't know, because this is the one that, that we work at, but I suspect it's possible they might be like, well, just go to Medicare.gov. Just, just go there. You can figure all this out. It's all in writing. Do you find that that website is not enough because of the individualized nature of this, Anna-Marie? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, you can go on there, turn on your Part A or Part B, but when it comes to filling in the gaps, um, Medigap, or even looking at Advantage plans, which is also a great option, and that's more through private companies, um, you definitely want to have um, a one-on-one -on -one sit down with a healthcare planner. So do you find that you are able to lay out the options for people and, and show and show them the differences between some of these private companies that offer some of these gap plans and the government gap plans and, and what they're going to cost and kind of, again, case by case basis. Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of it comes down to not just health, but what you're secure with. Um, cause 
you know, you have your Medigap plans where you are paying a monthly premium, your Part B premium, um, or and your Part D premium for prescription drugs, which if you're on a Medigap plan, like let's say you do elect Part G, you also need to include Part D to cover your prescription prescription drugs. So you do have your monthly premiums, but let's say, you know, you're not that sick. You don't go to the doctor very often, um, but you're paying this monthly premium. Well, at Medicare Advantage plans, that is a growing, great thing to consider. So with Advantage plans, they're offered through private companies and a lot of them, they, there is no premium. You pay as you go. So if you are not sick that often, you're not really going to the doctor or feel like you're really getting the most out of your premium, that might be a great option for you. But you need to make sure that you're comfortable paying what the deductible is for that year in case you do have a catastrophic event. Do you find that this is maybe a lesser known part of the healthcare uh, puzzle for retirees and pre-retirees. Yeah. Yeah. When, uh, sharing some just recently, actually, um, sat down with a couple, her husband, uh, had a catastrophic event recently and, but he's covered on the Medicare and Medigap plan. Um, but she's not that ill. Um, she doesn't really go to the doctor all that much. And she didn't know that she could be on a different plan than her husband. And so we talked to her about advantage plans and she was comfortable, you know, not making that monthly payment for premium and just paying as she goes. So that was a great option for her. She was comfortable knowing that if she needed to pay the deductible, she was comfortable with that per calendar year. See, that's that ray of sunshine I like about yeah. Anna Marie. The smile, <laughs> the bubbles, the giggle, the laughs, the see, she's always got good news. She's, <laughs> she's like the most positive person I know. And I knew you'd find something positive in all this. Well, what, what is just kind of the basics of life? Prices go up, the cost of doing business. I mean, retirees, or at least retirement planners like yourself, Lauren, they expect these things to happen and, and they help write them into the plan that they write for, for pre-retirees and retirees. Well, there's a lot of these changes that are very predictable because they've been taking place as long as Medicare has been around. But there's going to be change in, changes inevitably that nobody can predict, just like with the tax law, just like with, with long-term care, just like with your health. I mean, there's a lot of things that happen over the course of your life. And that does not change once you decide to retire. There's a lot of things that happen that you just can't predict and you have to account for and and react to as they take place. And this is the importance. I mean, as we're talking over the last 20, 30 minutes about all of these different moving parts with Medicare. I mean, Medicare A, Medicare B, Medicare F. Is it staying? Is it going? Can you keep it? Uh, what, do you, what do you do with an Advantage plan? Do you want an Advantage plan? All of these different nuances. And that's why it's so important to to work it into your retirement plan. And that's why we feel it's so important to have a Medicare healthcare specialist as a part of your retirement planning team. Because what you pay for healthcare, what you pay for Medicare, how you plan to pay for the $280,000 that you might have to outlay over the course of retirement is going to have a direct impact on your income plan. Where are you going to get the income to pay for this? What types of accounts are you going to use when you need this money for the premiums or for the healthcare expenses? That is going to have a direct impact on what do you do with your social security? That is going to have a direct impact on what you pay in taxes, where you take the income from, what you do from a social security maximization standpoint is going to have a direct impact on what you pay for taxes. It's going to have a direct impact on what you want to do from an investment planning standpoint. All of these things are correlated. All of these things go, go hand in hand. And that's why it's so important to have, have that comprehensive written retirement plan in place to make sure that you are addressing all of these different components in the most meaningful way for you. And it also helps you account for when these changes take place. 
Okay, so Lauren talked about it there, the kind of the five important aspects of a comprehensive, customized, written retirement plan. If you want to learn more about some of these other things, legacy planning, investment taxes, income, all the things Lauren just mentioned, here's a good resource. It's MerkelPlan.com. It's M-E-R-K-L-E plan.com. We've got a lot of resources there. We've got a, a document for you to look at about taxes, a, a document, the five things you need to know before you retire. Great places to continue this discussion. One more resource resource we want to let you know about is our YouTube channel. It's MerkelRetirementPlanning.com. We've done We've done episodes, we've done video, we've got visuals there. If you're a person who likes to see the numbers, you can look at some of the different uh, video clips we have at Merkle Retirement Planning on YouTube, or you can always just subscribe to this podcast. It's Retiring Today, guiding you to and through retirement. We thank you for listening. Merkle Retirement Planning is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investments and insurance products to custom suit their goals and objectives. Any information discussed in these shows is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Elite Retirement Planning, LLC. Insurance services are offered through MRP Insurance, LLC.